Welcome to the Macabre, Macabre Podcast Universe. Universe. We are at the second movie in a series of a new series that we're doing. It's Terminator. It's T2 Judgment Day today. And uh, I'm Micah Macaw. I'm Jordan Macaw. <laughs> a little pause there. And uh, we're married, and we have this podcast where we exist to prove people wrong when they say... Sequels are never better than the originals. We, oh, man, we are really starting to get this. A year and a half in, and we're finally <laughs> clicking like that. And uh, last week, we covered Terminator. Yes. And then this week, we're on T2. Now... Terminator 2, for anyone who doesn't know. Yes. Um, now, I'm ex- very extra excited to talk about this movie because a lot of times when Jordan and I watch these movies, immediately when we're done, we just can't help but talk about it for a little bit. And sometimes we'll be like, ah, this is my take, or like, uh-huh. I like this, I didn't like that. And then by the time we start, we, we've talked about it a little bit. Jordan and I have not talked about this movie at all. We finished it, and we immediately put on Impractical Jokers, <laughs> and then we went to bed. And so... We haven't talked about it at all. Can I guess what I think you thought of the movie? Uh, sure. So I think from, because the only thing you said is the first movie is way better. That's yeah. what you said right yeah. when the credits rolled. I think you thought the action was really cool, but the movie was just too long. That's what I think you thought. There's a little bit more to it, but ba- that's good. What do you think I thought about it? I think you thought the action was really cool. But maybe we shouldn't have watched the extended scene, the extended version. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Now, um, okay, before we get into the production, and then as we go, I'm sure we'll be able to suss out what each other thinks about everything. Um, When was... Tell me about your experience with this movie. Yeah, I've seen most of this movie on TV growing up. So bits and pieces of it. So most of it was really familiar. I would say, like, the story was not because... I would never watch it long enough to know what was actually going on. Right. So, and this one I had more experience with than the first movie before I saw it. So when I finally saw Terminator one, I pretty much thought that Arnold Schwarzenegger was always a good guy. So I was really interesting. Okay. When I found out he wasn't in the first movie, I was like, Whoa, that I don't get it (laughs) (laughs) because I'd never seen it. And then I was terrified of Robert Patrick's. Yeah. Robert Patrick. Yeah. I was terrified of him as a kid because yeah. he couldn't die. Yeah. And as a kid, it's like, but all, all bad people will die eventually. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he can't die. And then I also remember the thumbs up at the end. Yeah. And um, the Vista. It's pretty funny because I think I would venture to guess that there is a large portion of the population, especially around our age that has seen this movie more or parts of it more than terminator one and they might be like oh he was a bad guy like have that same kind of experience because you know terminator was a big success and then this movie was a huge success after that i mean this movie is a four-time academy award-winning movie and like blew up the box office and what did it win for uh, let me look really quick. It won for best makeup, best sound, best sound effects, editing, and best visual effects. That all checks out for me. All checks out. And um, it's also often, and this this is great. This is one of the reasons why it's like we have to cover the series at one point. This is often stated as an example of sequels are better than the originals. This okay. is this is oftentimes at like the top yeah. of the list. You know, if you're looking at like listicle stuff, of course we all have our own opinions. But this is always like, 
And we all know Terminator 2 is better than Terminator 1. I do think that this movie expanded from the first movie really well. I think yeah. when you get into the nitty gritty, some of the stuff was not well written. Yeah, I, I a lot of it, I think, is just it, this is a 20 year old movie is what I think a lot of. Well, no, almost 30. This is almost what? This is almost a 30 year old movie. Um, yeah, well, this so the this one ha- came out several years after the first one. So, right? Yeah, so uh, Terminator 1 came out in 84. This came out uh, September 3rd, uh, 1991. So I just, watching last night, was trying to watch it, it with the lens of, I haven't seen, like, it's been that many years between the first movie. And, like, yeah. this is pretty nuts. How, right. how much has developed? Because I yeah. think they did that really well. Totally. And and I think with with both of these movies... So for the record, I like them both a lot. I think they're really great movies. Yeah. Um, but I think there is an element of, um, in the in the same way like Mad Max One, I would say, where it's like you have to kind of look at it and be like, I like other movies more, but this one is like so interesting that I give it like extra points. Sure. And it's like the first movie to do this, yeah. whether it's like the crazy car stuff and Mad Max. Or it's like this futuristic robot thing. Terminator yeah. starts that off. I just think that the it, w- it could be more streamlined. This oh yeah, story. I think the the story's a little indulgent. Yeah, but it's we also it, it didn't makes watch the extended, which was fifteen extra minutes, and we were I think we were very easily able to figure out which mo- which parts were extended because it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah that doesn't make sense right. to include it in the theatrical version yeah and it, it didn't it didn't seem like those padded scenes added much from what i remembered no. of the no. of it the first time i saw it and so the first time i saw it i was i had always seen it as a number 35 on imdb's top 250 movies and i would i took it into that expectation where i was like this is gonna be like one of the greatest movies i've ever seen and my expectation was so high yeah that it didn't come close to that and so I was like, oh, I don't really like it. This movie sucks. Yeah. Is what I initially thought. And then over time, as you're hearing on this podcast, like rediscovering Cameron, I'm like, oh, no, this movie rules. It just, it's, I don't think it's the 35th best movie ever made. But I also don't really think that that matters, having yeah. those lists. They're, yeah. they're fun thing to reference and to make sure you're watching like important movies. But it it really doesn't account for your own personal opinion. Yeah. Um, But uh, let's get into it a little bit right uh the movie is directed by james cameron um and and oh i gotta talk about this we we made sure and we watched the abyss in between um terminator the terminators because that's what james cameron made in between the movies which i had never seen the abyss jordan had never seen the abyss holy crap <laughs> that is easily my favorite cameron roller coaster of emotion i think me too it was it was so just good an anxiety attack movie of a movie the whole time it was it was unbelievable the it was it yeah it, it kind of had that same feeling of like when i saw gravity in theaters yeah where i, I was like i'm having a hard time breathing yeah and we watched the abyss on just a normal like tv screen Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even the proper aspect ratio i don't know why amazon didn't put the proper aspect ratio on but even that i was like (gasps) i felt that movie was a little long too but it was i think it's because i just got through this really intense moment (sighs) and then this next thing happens and it's like oh my gosh i have to get through this too i think it just was kind of exhausting to watch and not in a bad way 
Yeah, uh, I, uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's funny because James Cameron only has two movies under two hours. Terminator and what? And his first movie, Piranha um, 2. Okay. And yeah, then this every, guy likes long movies. You know, like Titanic, that's three, I think. And then mm-hmm. Avatar was like 250, I think. And, you know, surely Avatar 2 is going to be probably three hours. I mean, he likes making know. epics. Yeah, and and uh, we love him for it, I think, frankly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we watched <laughs> The Abyss, and part of the reason I wanted to do that is because in The Abyss, there's the water ten- tentacle that comes out. Um, and if you haven't seen that, you could just look up The Abyss, and, and it pops right up. Um, and it's this water-like reflecting special effect that goes through this submarine and then it forms its face to match some of the actors faces and it's just made of water mm. um the effect still looks really great yeah and it, at that that was the most advanced special effects that have ever been achieved at that point yeah and and you know there's like reflections of it's just a wild she, effect she t- interacts with it she touches it oh yeah she does yeah um it's crazy when they achieve something in a special effects and it's like alone like that is really cool but then they like she touches it like they top does, themselves yeah and it's like oh no, no you're making it harder for the next people <laughs> um yeah and and i just i felt like we should watch that before this movie because that was kind of like cameron had an idea for okay let's make terminator 2 about this like polyethamer you know liquid steel man Sure. But the studios and Cameron are like, we can't do that. That's impossible. Like, how are we going to do that? And so the abyss is kind of like his proof of concept. Yeah. And so then Let it's like... Let me make you this incredibly insane and promote, no doubt expensive movie to prove that I can make. And that, that effect in that movie is like one scene too. So let me make mm-hmm. this whole scene surrounded by this one effect. Can I make Terminator 2 now? And they <laughs> yeah. probably were screaming yes to him. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of that effect, though, when we were watching the movie, they did do that thing where it was like, oh, they keep topping themselves. Yeah. Like, you would think this effect would be, they, they would have maybe tried to do it a little, make it a little easier on themselves for Terminator 2. I do like that there's still a good amount of practical effects. Yeah. In this movie. Like those, when you get shot, I it's love like those. Yeah. little, um things that i'm sure stan winston made that they put on his chest yeah i saw this shot like behind the scenes shot and i was very confused because they were shooting him and those were going on him like in real time and i was like what how did that work and so i guess that that gun must have shot them or something i mean or it was under his clothing and it like opened up but they're like set on top you can tell that they're like on top i couldn't figure it out because i was seeing them like literally like they shoot and then it's like appears on the chest shoot yeah and this is this isn't from the camera's point of view it's a camera filming the crew filming the movie yeah i watched it like two or three times and i could not figure out how they did it it. (laughs) (laughs) no but um okay so the movie is written by james cameron and william wisher and william wisher wrote uh exorcist the beginning and judge dread Music, once again, Brad Fidel. Uh, cinematography, once again, Adam Greenberg. The budget of this movie, 94 to $102 million, which is about 3.5 times bigger than movies at the time, just wow. in general. Yeah. And it was the most expensive film to date up to that point. Wow. I mean, he is known for that. Right, because then he'll make Titanic. Yeah. Which blows that out of the water. Yeah. Then he's going to make 
Avatar, Avatar, which blows that out of the yeah. water as far as budgets. I bet studios just love them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they return. You know, they, they do. They do. Um, so domestically, the movie makes $204.8 million, and worldwide it makes $519.9. Um, Arnold was reportedly paid $15 million <laughs> for this movie. Uh, I, I got my stuff confused in future movies. He's going to get paid what I uh, told you about before we started watching okay. this. And Linda Hamilton, the star, where the the core of this movie, of course, the the woman in this movie gets paid one million dollars for as this opposed, movie, as opposed to fifteen for this movie. Yes. What did she get paid the last movie? I don't know if I I have that uh, fact. You did in the last movie. I did. Yeah. I don't remember what I said. But it Arnold, wasn't good either. I feel she like got paid one million dollars to do this movie, and Arnold got paid fifteen. That is. I don't even I don't even know that pisses me off <laughs> so much truly this woman is acting she is the emotional core of the movie yeah she's doing so much and I mean I just have to say Arnold's great but he doesn't really need to do he, he's a robot he learns emotions which means he still doesn't really do anything emotional and he walks yeah. and shoots again I know he's yeah. doing more than that. I know I know I know I think but he gets MVP performance for me I okay Easy. but well, i'm not i'm not saying yeah it's just like you couldn't even have paid her at least like five million dollars yeah, that's, that's crazy ridiculous i hope on the new one she got she's top build, top build. she better be because she's not going to be in the rest of the movies until dark fate <laughs> um so now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty just a little bit um hemdale film corporation owned 50 percent of the rights to franchise which quote stymied efforts to make a sequel um, but they were having because they were having financial issues, and then Carl Caralco Pictures bought the rights for five million dollars. I'm saying that because in the next movie, that means something. There is a lot of rights issues. Okay, so that's where it'll break down. Um, and then the other fifty percent, I believe, is still owned by Gail Ann Hurst, who helped get the first movie made. Um, this is a 171 day shoot. Uh, Linda Hamilton's twin sister, Leslie Hamilton Guerin was used for shots with both actors in them. So at the end of the movie, when they're, yeah. he's imitating her, uh, Leslie's in the background. That's so great. I love that. I did not know she had a twin. Yeah. I looked them up and I don't, I could not tell a difference. It's that identical. It's identical. I look it up. Yeah. Please look it up. Just do a Hamilton twins. I think, um, that's pretty crazy. Isn't that nuts? And I saw a couple where she was like styled like her, um, and and I, and then it would say like Leslie Hamilton underneath, and I'm like, what? I <laughs> I think side by side you can kind of tell, but even still, it's hard to tell. So Rami has a twin, like crazy twin. That is insane. And I think his name is Sammy, like Sami, like S A M I, and then it, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but that's just what Google said. But okay. so you you liked I mean the the Hamilton twin things kind of nuts right yes um okay so they had nearly recovered the budget to this movie before it was even released because they sold the worldwide wide rights for sixty five million video rights for ten million and television rights for seven so before it's even in theaters they've almost made back their entire budget whoa that's crazy um the nuclear scene in this movie where everyone's uh -huh. exploding miniatures great uh for the most part um 
And then there's several versions of this movie, as we talked about. Yeah. There's there's like theatrical, special edition, and then ultimate edition. Um, and the ultimate, I think, is like two hours and 50 minutes or something Why? like that. What um, possibly could there be in there that we want? <laughs> but here we go. So here's some more stuff. And I'm almost done here. Uh, they changed the course of LA Rivers to block off for the shots where they're driving through the like tunnel mm-hmm. river area. Um, most of that freeway stuff is real. Like uh, the night scene. No. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I believe a lot of that is real. Like that helicopter flying under the bridge. Uh, yeah. Um, which I can't believe they did that. Um, I, it's almost like you didn't tell anyone you were going to do this when you rented this <laughs> helicopter, huh? <laughs> well, I would think that it would, you'd crash like immediately, mm-hmm. um, cause of the wind updraft and all that stuff. But they I also did don't it. really understand how it works, but helicopters scare me. I don't want to ever be on one. So, um, then the other thing, like like in the freeway scene when he's driving and he hits the top of that yes yes that yes, underpass that's real. that's real the the someone had to duck to I, not I, get well I mean I don't know how they did it exactly maybe yeah. no one's driving it and it's yeah, just yeah. like on they're a track pulling it or something yeah, they're probably pulling it yeah that makes um, sense I I really hope so <laughs> the the semi flying off of the yes. bridge on into the little runoff area yeah real. Crazy. I mean, all of that stuff is real. It's so insane. Um, there were animatronic duplications of Arnold when he's getting shot at yes. by the police. There's you a could kind th- of tell. Yeah, but it, but very cool. They did I'm a really not good job dogging them for that or anything. Um, and then there's also like when Hamilton was burning to death in yeah. the nuclear scene. That is that's a fake like. Um, but it's not CG, of course. They don't have that technology yet. But that's like Stan Winston building like a model. That was freaky. That looked like one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, the T one thousand animatronic of. Wait, the- how did they do that? Because remember, it was like a burning body, and then it like blew away like ashes, but the skeleton was still there. I I don't know. I don't know. Do but that? they did it. Um, then at the end, you know, when the T-1000, like its head gets kind of like uh-huh. blown apart uh-huh. or maybe that's in the elevator scene, but there's, there is like Stan Winston, like made that he did thing. So then they, they kind of mix it in between. Cool. So it's like, he's wearing that piece Yeah. or they're, you know, filming that piece. I don't know if Patrick is wearing it. Yeah. Um, and then, then there are like, uh, like the CG is like filling in the gaps and that's stuff. That's great. Um, and then it's kind of fun because watching the the behind the scenes, it's the same special effects team on Jurassic Park. Yeah. So I'm just seeing like the same guys that I watch all of this uh, this stuff on who are like, oh yeah, we're working on this, and then like the next year they're gonna start working on Jurassic Park. It's like this oh yeah, because they haven't even started yet. Well, wait, yeah. when did Jurassic Park come out? Uh, ninety three. That's crazy. So they would like finish this project and, or maybe they'd already started on Jurassic Park, uh-huh. but around the same time. They're um, talking to Spielberg. Yeah, they're talking to Spielberg. And so, uh, you know, ILM and all these guys, uh-huh. th- they, this is like, this is why the industry and like movies look the way they look yes. because of, mostly because of this time period yes, in totally. VFX history. So that is so cool. This is one of, like if if you are a VFX artist or you just like visual effects, this is like one of the movies that is like required viewing because mm-hmm. without it, you don't have like anything else. Mm-hmm. You know this this really broke new ground. Totally. So that's what I have for my okay. uh, notes. So new people we have in this movie um, is Edward Furlong who plays John Connor. He's also in American History X, Detroit Rock City. 
um, a home of our own. He is in Ter- Terminator Dark Fate as well. Oh, wow. Um, he is in a Star Trek movie. Star- well, no, the show. Star Trek Renegades. He's done a lot. This this was his first uh, movie. Let's double check. Or do you know no, that? No, it was. Okay. And he even got the introducing Edward Furlong. Okay, I missed that. Yeah. He beat out the casting of, you know, hundreds of kids. Which is surprising because <laughs> I think he is horrible in this. I think it's a horrible yeah. performance. I'm not blaming the kid for that. Um, It's, it's a rough performance, I think, though. I think it's but very rough. But I think rough. that they gave him way too many lines. I think that's a, it's just, yeah, they gave him too much to do. And I, I think they hit a little bit too hard, like he's a punk. Yes. If they were a little more so subtle did, with that, yeah. I think it w- maybe would have worked. Yes. But they're just like hammering you over the head where he's like, I get, I'm a I cool get kid. That he's huh? kind of a dipwad though, because he's had a really hard life and yeah. he believes his mom is crazy which is like i would too especially like your mom is raising you and you're like this is the only life i know and then she gets carted off to a mental asylum and you're like everything that i was taught is a lie yeah no it's i don't nuts. know how to it's deal nuts. with life anymore yeah, I, but- I i get the in terms of the story like how that makes sense and stuff but i do kind of agree with you like it's almost they almost kind of go too far where i don't really even like him very yeah much. and it's hard yeah. hard to imagine that he's gonna be a leader that's gonna like save the human race and at the end, they try and, like, show that he's leading the pack. Yeah. But it's still, like, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Maybe there's someone who's listening to this who's like, you don't get it. Yeah. And they can maybe. explain why it's good. But. I don't, I also just, like, that one scene when they um, took out a Schwarzenegger's chip to, like, yeah. reprogram him. And the Sarah was going to smash it. And Which I know- think is extended. Cool. The smashing scene. Okay, because when he's like, if I'm going to be a leader, you got to start listening to me. And it's like, dude, you're like 14. She is your mom. You have to listen (laughs) to your mom still. Who cares what's going to, what's, what's going to happen to you has not happened yet. So maybe you can become the leader by listening to your mom. (laughs) Very nitpicky. I know that. Um, Okay. But so that's him. Robert Patrick plays T1000. He is also in the faculty, Charlie's Angels. He is Bad Cop in Wayne's World, which I forgot about. Um, he's in The Unit, which was a show my dad and I used to watch. He's That's in The Unit? how I knew him. I feel like there's another thing from my childhood that I saw him in that was like, that guy, like a kid's movie or something. But the, There's a great quote. Um, I might get the model of the car uh, incorrect, but James Cameron was like, when I was casting this movie, I had to think, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, if Arnold Schwarzenegger is the tank, the panzer tank mm-hmm. of the movie and the previous movie, we need a Porsche for this movie. I like that. And watching the movie, I was like, oh yeah, that's he is like slick and sleek yes. and cool, but he's not like gonna blow over you. He's gotta do yeah, he's gotta be like manipulative manipulative looking and stuff. So that's cool. I like that. Um yeah, he is in just so much stuff. It's like everyone's seen him in something at some point. Yeah. So, and like it from TV to movies, Robert Patrick. Oops, clicked on the wrong thing. And then let's just, oh, Joe Morton plays Miles Dyson, who is the computer guy. The Cyberdyne worker? Yeah. That, yeah, okay. Who like creates what's going to happen, I guess. He's also in Eureka. He's in Speed, Paycheck, The Politician, A Million Eyes. Wow. He's in the newest Godzilla movie. Wow. What He's a also career. In Justice League. Okay, okay. I thought he Silas was. Silas Stone. 
I think he's the dad of um, the cyborg character. I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah there is. Um, yeah, okay, because when I saw him, I was like, is that the guy from Justice League? That's what I thought, but it's been a long time since I saw Justice League, so. Who's the cyborg character? Ray Fisher. Yeah, I see that. Ray Fisher just came out with an article where he slammed Warner Brothers, and you, you should look it up, um, audience. It was a very interesting read because he was saying that when Zack Snyder left um, and Josh Whedon took over, like they pretty much deleted like all the persons of color scenes that were in the movie. What? So like most of his stuff is cut out of the movie and like his dad I think had like a whole storyline yeah. and was cut out and apparently, I don't want to spread rumors, but it is already out there. He said that Josh Whedon on like w one of the scenes or something like that um wanted them to color correct it differently because he didn't like the color of a guy's skin. Which is in Sane. And of course, Warner Brothers and Whedon are like, no, that didn't happen. But he's at a, a, at a position kind of like, um, I'm forgetting his name, but from Star Wars, um, Finn. What is John his? John Boyega. John Boyega, where they're both like, you know what? These studios used us as like token black people yeah. and we're not okay with that. Yeah. And so he's kind of coming out like, this is real messed up. And now I'm kind of like, oh, maybe they should do the reshoots for Justice League. In a, yeah. in a way, you yeah. know, um, but um, think that anyway, depending on, you know, I think they're going to, you know, Joss Whedon and Warner Brothers are going to say those things no matter what. Yeah. In these things. But even if like, for example, Joss Whedon genuinely feels that he did not act that way. I think that's kind of the the big thing that with this year of 2020, with everything that has happened with Black Lives Matter in a, in good ways and bad, like showing people and making people realize oh i have been racist and i didn't know it by yeah making certain choices in my life or like because maybe he actually just did do that or say that but it's something that was so inconsequential to him that he didn't know that it was potentially wrong he didn't yeah. see it as something that could be wrong i mean yeah i i, I know that's totally speculation does that make sense what i'm saying it does it okay. does if he did say that though Golly gee willikers, I don't want to have anything to do with anything no, that's he's bad. been a part of. That's bad. Um, because whether you... And I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. I'm trying to no, explain. No, I know you're not. I know you're not. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's 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 a weird thing because we have nothing to do with these movies, and we've never been a part of a Hollywood-produced movie, mm -hmm. so we only know what we hear. Um, I have a tendency to believe the... People who have been mistreated. The people who have been mistreated rather than the people who haven't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all that to say, it's, huh. it's interesting. It's worth diverting your time and, and reading about and, and educating in that way. Yes. Definitely. I thought it was fascinating. Thanks for telling me that. I didn't yeah. hear about that. Um, S Epitha Merkerson plays Ter Teresa Dyson, who is his wife. Also, I hope I just didn't get any of that info wrong. Cause that's very explosive stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you should read the article, make sure I got it right so that i can edit if i need to okay, okay. um she is oh she is like a law and order person the whole time oh yeah really yeah she is from two, 1991 to 2010 that's yeah. insane lieutenant anita van buren <laughs> cool i mean she is raking in the dough then 
Yes, she's also in Lincoln. She's in Jacob's Ladder, um, Chicago Med, a lot of TV shows. Good for so, her. Yeah. She looks she's a little familiar it. to me. <laughs> and that is pretty much it. Okay, well, let's jump into the movie. We see a a decimated world, right? No, no, no. We it's it's like a it's like a an, an explosion goes off. We see the kids on the on yes. the yes starts with can't with children laughter, which I said yeah. strike one. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Though. I know, no, no. I know what it's for. It was and it's just uh, a joke. <laughs> well, and and I think also like I, maybe I'm wrong. But I think that has been duplicated so many times that it's like a joke. But I don't think people did that before. When you know, like that slow motion um, footage that wasn't shot in slow motion, where it's like kids like ha ha ha, mm-hmm. like showing innocence, and then something terrible happens. Mm-hmm. Where now it's like every detective or like kidnapping movie ever does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a detective kidnapping movie. <laughs> but Arnold Schwarzenegger gets credit before the title of this movie. Yeah, it says Arnold Schwarzenegger. T2 Judgment Day, Linda Hamilton, after that. That's so nuts. And remember, the last time we talked about him, it's been a little less than a decade for Terminator. He was he was getting big. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in a movie. Yep. Like, it's a guaranteed box office hit. Right. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So that's how the movie starts. And... um. Uh, yeah, Arnold build before title. And then we already see a great update in the effects. I love this. Arnold shows up and he's like in the metal, the the electric orb. Mm-hmm. And when it goes away, there's like metal that's been like. Des- that was affected by the orb. Like it's curved. Yeah. Because of. It, you just got to watch it. But it looked, <laughs> we were like, whoa, really yeah, cool. And, and it even the ground was curved yeah and it's just kind of like a subtle well it's not that subtle but like okay we're up in the stakes here yeah like already and and you see and you see naked arnold again yeah and he goes into a bar and when he goes in there he's like take off your clothes and give me your bicycle well or your motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) and they're like oh sure dude ford was in the scene question mark it really looked like harrison ford was wearing a cowboy hat and sunglasses and just regular glasses um it but it wasn't him people but yeah he goes in he's he starts shooting one well, doesn't shoot up the place but he starts beating up on people because they're like you're a naked weird guy in here we're gonna make fun of you and burn our cig- cigars out on your skin and then he's like actually i'm gonna break your arm yeah and throw you onto a burning stove <laughs> yeah that was crazy nuts. really very cool. visceral yes i'm i'm realizing now uh i hadn't thought of this before but Cameron is just a very visceral director. Yeah. Um, because again, I gotta rewatch Titanic and and Avatar. But everything else, it's like there's scenes where you're like, ah, or or you're just like biting your nails or yeah. or just Ugh. yeah. Um, so gosh, throwing a guy on a cooking grill and him going like balancing on it, and the actor did a great job. Like he it it convinced me. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You said, you said, how did they do that? And I'm like, well, they, they, steam. it's probably just steam or, um, um, uh, dry ice underneath the grill coming out. It just wasn't steaming until he touched it. Yeah. It's, I'm not thinking about it anymore. But yeah, he starts, th- he throws a person out the window, all this stuff. So he gets the clothes. As he's leaving, this guy's pointing a gun at him and he says, can't, can't let you take that guy's back, son. And he takes that guy's gun. 
and leaves and his sunglasses yeah and bad to the bone place yes bad to the bone place very iconic moment and he drives away on the motorcycle and then it cuts to another flash you know lightning going on like under an overpass yeah and there's a police officer driving up to it noticing it and kind of calling it in like you know checking up on this thing in this area yeah and then um you see patrick robert robert patrick I know he has two first names. It's so confusing. I think it's Robert Patrick. It is Robert Patrick. Um, yeah. He is um, also here, also naked, also uh, gets clothes from the police officer. Yeah, and and so, but he does it a little bit differently. Yeah, he just kind of kills him. Yeah, um, like, but we don't really see how. I don't think in that scene. No, but what? So here's so here's a couple of things I think that need to be discussed. I think. Um, one of the the brilliant brilliant things about this movie is, I mean, what other franchise? I, I can't think of one off the top of my head where it's like someone is so iconic and they are the villain, and then the next movie they are the good guy, oh, and yeah. and both performances are like as iconic as the other one in the same. It, it it's crazy. So that switch that Cameron made was one of the smartest moves he could ever do. And he keeps it under, it, it's a twist. Like the whole first act, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I was trying to sit there and pretend like I didn't know what this movie was. Me too. Because I think you're, if, if you had not seen the trailers, um, and I don't, I watched the trailer, but I couldn't remember if it spoiled it or not. You'd be like. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd just be like, wait okay so he's the terminator so he's bad but then you see the other guy doing bad things and you're like but last time the second guy who came was michael bean and he was a good guy so yeah you know they're both weird yeah and then and then i would think like when you get to that mall scene i would start thinking if i hadn't seen the movie like maybe they're both trying to kill connor and they don't they haven't like sunk up or like skynet's just trying like, really hard to kill like him. they sent arnold to do the job and the other guy they sent to make sure it got done like clean yeah. up crew or something it kind of has that vibe yeah I think. so um i like to robert patrick becomes a cop like steals the cop's clothes steals his car and i like how he searches the names on the computer in the car yeah you know just like a it's just a creative because you know the first movie the phone book yeah a lot and then they this one it's a different way just like that um so that he looks up john connor yeah and you see i was confused by this too because it showed them where he who he lived with like in the custody of janelle and whoever person and right. i was like what? interesting that's weird yeah so well is it then that we get cut it cuts to sarah connor well, before that, we meet the step parents, and okay. we see that foster like foster parents, or yeah, the foster parents, and and John Connor like doesn't listen to them, and he takes off on his motorcycle with his friend. It's a dirt bike, Micah. Come on, don't give him that much credit. Well, that's still a motorcycle. Yeah, I know. Um, it's not as cool though. And then yes, then we see Linda Hamilton, and she is in like a mental mental institution. institution. And she is buff. She's so buff. She's so buff. And she gets like and she only got paid one million dollars <laughs> for it. And I, I think that it's cool. Maybe this is such a weird tangent, but I think it's cool that she gets like what is typically the male like doing pull-ups, like mm-hmm. looking cool. And she's not sexualized in this movie. No. She's just very much like, damn, she's freaking cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I think she is cool, but also she's a little bit scary. Yeah. Intense. And, I mean, like, it's like, man, the last movie really changed her. 
And it's like, yeah, I mean, it would. And I think one of the the strongest things, I mean, the strongest thing about this movie is the action and the special effects, mm-hmm. obviously. But yeah. um, besides the minutia of like conversations, I think the story is like insanely good. Um, and I think things like Linda Hamilton being in a mental mental institution and um John Connor living with foster parents yeah. and him having grown up with like in bunkers and stuff like that and her being like you're the most important you're the most important and then she gets put away for and it's like oh my mom was just crazy the whole time now i need to acclimate to normal society all to which he can't yes but all those implications are just like so good yes very good and i i actually think they kind of tell you a little too much about it i agree i think toward the end of the movie yes totally um so yeah she is in a mental institution um I the from from what it sounds like, you know, she gave birth. She was raising John Connor in like the desert where where they end up later. And somehow she was caught basically like, you know, uh being crazy and being a, like being a mom and like basically putting her child in danger like he wasn't in school. I probably, you know, I think she attacked or killed someone. She probably did. And then uh she got charged with something. It wasn't she did just get like, charged with something, but then it's also shown, you know, like her son's not in school. She's yeah. like training him like a military person. Uh, you know, it probably looks like in some ways that there's neglect in, in an ironic way going yeah. on. Um, so yeah, so she's in a mental institution for all of that. You know, of course she still believes in all of the Terminator stuff and that's why she is quote unquote crazy. Right. Um, so then that, that kind of gets played out a little bit. Um, and then do we go back to when, the Terminators are looking for John Connor or is there still more with her? Cause I know that well, there's like I think a lot that, with her. Yeah. But I think that kind of sums it up and we're going to skip the extended scene where Michael Bean shows up, which is yeah, cause it a really bad scene. <laughs> um, it's one of those things, you know, occasionally you watch Lord of the Rings extended and you're like, Oh man, how give, could you give even me cut more this? Extended stuff. How could you cut that? How? Yeah. And then this, this movie, like the scene with Michael Bean dream sequence, look it up. If you want to know, you're like, Oh, that's an easy cut. Like I cut will, that immediately. I will always hate too. Cause this is not a supernatural movie. It is a sci-fi. And yeah. I will always hate when someone has like a vision of a, a person who never had visions before. Who has yeah. a vision of like a person who died coming back saying, you have to save him. They're back. Yeah. She wouldn't know that because this is all in her mind. You know, like I don't like that he basically gave yeah. her new information. Right. So how do you feel about In the Dark Knight Rises when Ra's al Ghul shows up in his cell at the bottom of the pit? That feels earned. Yes. That is earned. Also, I think there's some supernatural stuff going on up in that movie. Okay. And yeah. Up in that series too. So... Especially with Ross like Bull. Like that makes sense. Well, and not to go not to go too much on this, but I I do think it was kind of a cool nod at like in the comic books, he's like I I believe he's like kind of like an eternal figure that, that never really dies. Well, I look at it too because of the first movie, like it it's um it's a religion. Yeah. So he is able to like his spirit was able to visit him because of Yeah this weird well, and, and that's Religion. what I'm saying. It's like yeah. a nice nod to the comics of like, he's, yes. he's like immortal basically. Yeah. And so he can still like show up and do stuff. Totally. Um, that's anyway. fine. This is like there, that has never once been hinted at. Right. Um, I mean, why would it? The first movie so streamlined that it's like so clear cut and this movie, because of some of those extended stuff, it's like, okay, let's just wrap it up and keep going. <laughs> so, um, 
but John. But oh, okay. I, I want to do one more thing, and then we can get to where they're finding John. Um, I just love again. Think about it. The first time you're seeing it, Robert Patrick sh- or the T1000 shows sure. up at the co- the the foster parents' house, and he goes, "Have you seen this child?" Yeah, and they're like, "Oh man, what did he do this time?" And they're like. Is this about the guy who came earlier and asked about him yes, on the motorcycle? Oh yeah, that's right. That's and right. I would think first time you're watching that, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like Arnold already showed up, so the kid's done for, I guess? I mean, he can't be, because I've seen, I, w- I would assume he's in the movie more, but what? Right. And then then we get to the mall where the kids are like slacking off. And so just, you see that he has a, um ATM card that can just get money out of it, so he gets 300 bucks geez yeah they go to an arcade to blow all the money off on that um and the yeah the cop shows t1000 shows up asking kids where he is all this stuff i like yeah. that he asks his friend with the terrible mullet if he's seen this kid and his friend is a good friend and is like no yeah i <laughs> don't know who that is <laughs> like oh you're a good friend and so he gets caught John gets caught, so he's running away. Yeah. And as he's running away through, like, the back hallways of the mall, he comes face-to-face with Terminator. Yeah. And I think... With a shotgun uh, encased in roses. Yeah, he drops the box of roses slow motion, steps on the rose. Like, so iconic. Yeah. Pulls out the gun. And then, you know, I I think John Connor's, like, probably like, wait, is this the guy? Yeah. Because I'm sure his mom is showed him pictures there's like video footage of him from there the is. first movie yes and um, or pictures and stuff like that and i said pictures twice <laughs> <laughs> um and so he's like wait what and then he says duck and yes. you're like what that's so cool and then he shoots robert patrick the t-1000 and and then that's when they reveal like he's liquid and yes. he just like recovers because it looks like oh he got him it's funny how often they shoot him throughout the movie knowing that it doesn't do anything but i won't think about it no it's it's one i thought about that too but he does get bigger arnold uses much bigger guns once he gets them yeah for sure but there is an element of like i think for one it establishes how unstoppable he is and i think it establishes too that they're just trying to slow him down so that they can get away and like regroup I think yeah. that's what a lot of it is. Because there, there's no, there's not that scene where they're like, they're like, bullets aren't working. We need to figure out something else. Yeah. You know, they're just like, I don't know. Like, just shoot, just keep shooting. Let's go. We gotta get <laughs> yeah. out of here. Yeah. And I like that frenetic energy. That's oh, that's totally. when the movie's at its best when yeah. it's like fever pitch, just going. Yeah. Um, and then we get the crazy like motorcycle. So John runs away. Chase <laughs> gets to his dirt bike. Motorcycle. He- okay and he drives away um and then t1000's right on his tail terminator's right behind them Uh on his motorcycle so the kid ends up in the la river canal area um and the guy some mission impossible level stunts in this scene oh absolutely and at that point the t1000's cars he switched it out for a semi a big truck (laughs) Uh and he's driving it through a river canal a river canal. Well, and he drives it off a bridge down. Drives it off a bridge into a river canal, and it, can, it still goes. Yeah. So <laughs> not only that, so they're going, and then there's another bridge up ahead. It's low, too short. Too short. That gets sliced off. The 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 from like the top of the steering wheel and above. Yes. And then it shows a great shot of Robert Patrick just stand like sitting back up because yes. he leaned o- or he leaned to the side yeah and then he just pushes out the windshield and keeps going yep. and you're like 
unstoppable. It's just, I mean, I mean, mission the, unstoppable. <laughs> the the like genius of Cameron in this movie is is both the flip of the good guy bad guy, and then just truly showing how unstoppable he is. Mm-hmm. Because both both times I watched it, it's like, yeah, he. I don't know how they can stop this guy. I'm yeah. like, I'm pretty sure they melt him, but I can't really remember. I'm like. I mean, how do they, how do they stop him? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he gets to the point where he's like bumping the back of the kid's dirt bike, which is so scary. <laughs> and then eventually Arnold gets down there. Yeah. Saves the kid. The, oh, the truck blows up. That's what happens. Yeah. The truck and they blows drive up. out of it. You and, can but, but tell you it's see, a stunt double on Arnold. T-1000 walk out and he's all silver. Yeah. And he morphs back into the what we know as Robert Patrick. Yeah. And it's like, Ooh, that's not good. Well, and here's something Hollywood, if you're listening and we know you are, if you are going to make a sequel to a movie, now there are two movies that do this. And I like both of these two movies a lot. I think they're both really cool, especially the one I'm going to talk about. Uh, judgment day and matrix reloaded both have freeway slash LA river car chases in cementy areas we need more of those we need more freeway chases i know this one is kind of like an asterisk freeway but it's pretty much There's a freeway, more freeway chase stuff in this movie yeah we need more freeway chases because the reloaded matrix reloaded freeway chase is worth the price of admission alone that Pretty scene crazy. is unbelievable yeah. and this scene is unbelievable yeah um so yeah then the- so they get away Yes. And it gets, you know, they get their regroup moment of the movie where the kid needs to figure out some things. You know, yeah. Who are you? Everything. So everything my mom said is true. Uh, why are you here? Aren't you supposed to kill me? All this stuff. You find out that Arnold was reprogrammed by the good guys. By John con- Connor. Oh, right. Right. By John Connor to come back to the past and protect him because of the T-1000. Yeah. And so that's when the kid's like, well, you know, gets to a point where the kid's like, you have to do everything I say. Lift up your leg, stand on one leg, pick up that guy. Um, so he's figuring out all of that stuff about his, basically he is the leader of Terminator. Um, but also convinces him to go save his mom because he, because now that he has, it's been proven to him that everything is real. He knows that his mom has to be a target. Yeah. So he convinces Terminator to go to the mental hospital to get her out. Yeah, and and a couple of side notes with the hospital and with um, the foster parents. No, not yet. Oh, that's in the scene. Um, With the with the hospital and with this scene where they're um, they're talking outside of the bar, it's just I think particularly the extras, like almost all the extras except for the people in the first bar at the very beginning of the movie, are like really bad. Like really, really bad. Like everything everything they say and stuff is just very like. Hey, what's that guy doing over there? Let's go. <laughs> and then like every and, and oh, the guys feel that way. The guys in the hospital are like, what is she doing with that? Yeah. And it was just I, I felt like the extras acting like really kind of took me out of it. I know that's nitpicky, but yeah. there are a lot of extras and there a are. lot of lines that are delivered by extras. And it was like, that's a little bit of a yoinks for me. Huh. That's interesting. I just didn't. You didn't notice that? On that. No. Fix uh, interesting but <laughs> when in the scene that the, uh, john calls his foster parents to see if they're okay and he learns that they're not <laughs> they're dead yeah so he has nowhere to go 
And I, I like how he long. figures it out because um, Arnold takes the phone because mm-hmm. it's it's his it's Sean, uh, John Connor's foster mom calling him, and then he he puts the phone to the side and he goes, "What's the dog's name?" And he goes, "Max." And then Arnold goes, um, "How's Wolfie? How's Wolfie doing?" And she, then the T one thousand as the mother is like, "Wolfie's doing just fine." Yeah. You're like, oh, he just figured it out. Did he become a dog? Well, T-1000? Yeah, why did he go kill the dog? I think he just did. Probably because of the barking would attract people. Well, no, right he, grabbed the, the, he grabbed the collar, and then he's like, Max, and he's like, crap. Oh, okay, because this is what I thought in my brain. Uh, that was in the same moment, even, or scene, where Terminator explains that he can turn into anyone if he touches them uh, yeah, or yeah. like a part of them like something that they have touched yeah so when he went out to the dog and he said it has to be something that he is the same size as because it can't be like a giant thing or like a bomb like the kids suggest or something yeah um so he goes out to the dog and like kills the dog mm-hmm. and then i was like oh he's gonna become a dog now does is he like faster <laughs> or something and then you, you never see him as the dog no, it was just showing him uh, seeing eliminating that, that from the equation. Yeah, and I think that actually was an extended the the oh. killing of the dog. I don't think is in the theatrical movie. Oh, okay. Pretty crazy how he killed the foster dad. That's when you when it's revealed that he can make any part of his body a knife. Yeah, and he or just a point. like he like shoots a knife through the guy's head really as insane. a finger. Um, very cool. So now we have the hospital breakout yeah. sequence. This scene, come on. So prior to this, Sarah was told that she is not getting to, to getting out to the minimum uh, security mental yeah. hospital because the guy believes who was in the last movie, the psychiatrist, or whatever, believes that was happy that they got him for this movie me too. as well. He's really good. Uh, he's he's think he thinks that she is lying to him about yeah. coming to terms with everything that she believed was not real. Um, so she needs to. Uh, so then, like the next night, detectives come. To mm. ask her questions because they have the picture of Terminator from the first movie from a picture that they got from like security camera. And then they have a new picture of him from today at the mall. And they're like, yeah. this is the man who was trying to kill you. Right. And we believe he's going after your son. You need to help us with this. And you know, they just think he's a man. Yeah. And she is not responsive at all, but she steals a paperclip later on, breaks out of her straps by unlocking that stuff, breaks out of her, you know, picks locks. Um, she, and, and what, what, uh, one thing I love about this is like it's so well established that she's been like having a lot of boyfriends in the past who can teach her stuff that is like tactical. Yes. And so right off the bat, it's not like, you know, in a movies, especially with block picking, there's just a lot like I don't know how to pick a lock. Yeah. And yet, like every character in a movie that needs to knows how to do it. Yeah. And for her, it's just like, oh, yeah, of course she would know how to pick a lock. At this, this is, point, yeah. And, and, you're like, yeah, I buy this. Like, yeah. everything with her character is just so believable and to what's, me. And what's great, too, is it's been set... I mean, the kid is a teenager now. Yeah. So it's been a long enough for her to learn all these things. It's not like they made this movie two years later, and it takes place yeah. two years later, and it's like there was, there's no way she would know all these things right now. But she does, and yeah. she acquires all those weapons within that stretch of time. And, of course, Linda Hamilton, I mean, she was, like, tactically trained and stuff, along with Arnold by, like, an Israeli, like, ex- israeli commando guy so it's it's like the john wick thing where when you see them both handle guns like linda hamilton in this movie when she's got a gun you're just like yeah i buy it it's not it's not like oh she's never held one or whatever she knows how to use a weapon Mm -hmm. and same with 
picking the lock and like sneaking around the hospital. It's all just like knowing how to like negotiate her way out, you know, because she was doing a pretty good job until the Terminator showed up. Um, So, yeah, she this was crazy to me. So she beats up one (laughs) of the orderlies who licked her earlier. And I was like, I'm glad to see blood spraying out of that guy's face. Yeah, he was no good. No. And then she goes to um, she finds the, the psychiatrist and like another orderly incapacitates the other orderly injects something in him that probably keeps him asleep and then she gets like cleaning fluid or something oh yeah puts it in a syringe this, sticks the syringe hurts in the guy's neck about. and they're just you know she's just carting him around with the needle already in his neck ready to plunge the thing what the cleaning fluid and, and i'm just like i am more terrified of the needle just hanging around up in his neck than yeah. the liquid that she's about to shoot into it well, that I'm, was hard I'm just to watch. like if you get like a drop of that wouldn't that kill you you it know it wouldn't the, be good but i was more just thinking about the needle because you're just you're moving around a lot all that stuff there's a there's a yeah. struggle and it's just like it's a thing gonna snap off and be in his neck forever oh. get it out because when you get a shot it's so quick you know yeah um anyway she gets uh she gets through another security perimeter she's like on her home stretch out she like even locked the last door and they can't get to her and she goes to the elevator and the terminator comes out and her reaction is priceless and it's uh, arnold terminator yes that's what i mean yes no i'm just oh, okay. clarifying for the audience yeah. if they haven't watched it in a while and oh yeah she like falls to the ground it's like the second she's time they've really no. used slow motion yeah. like the first time was the first time john connor saw him yeah. and then this time and it's like, oh, no. And then John Connor's like, mom, it's fine. It's fine. And she's like not even, uh, and she, it's not even her, her brain. Her performance her son is, is there. so good in this movie. Yeah. And she, she only got paid a million paid, dollars. She should have been paid 15. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in in a just world, I mean, it makes sense. It's Arnold. Like, it, Yeah, but it's Linda Hamilton. Yes. That's what I would argue. But I yeah. mean, it does make sense. You know, like if Tom Cruise is in a movie, nobody else is going to get paid as much as him. But it's like. Linda Hamilton is just as important as yeah. Arnold. Give her, give her 10. Give her 10. Yeah. How about that? Linda, we love you. We'd love to have you on the podcast. And if we could pay you 10, we would. We don't have anywhere near that kind of money, though. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so her, yeah, she sees that her son's there. She's really confused because her son's like, we got to go. We got to go, mom. And uh, you see basically that the terminator is helping like he's good he holds out he holds out his hand for her and says come with me if you want to live which michael bean said in the first movie to her and so the you know it's like such split second moments that she just goes with it they go in the elevator and just in time uh t1000 shows up and he's you know changing his body in so many different ways to create knives to try and stop he walks through a like bars yes which is really cool um, yeah, so they, they get out of the, the hospital, though. They're getting away, but he is coming right after him. Not only can he create mu- knives with his arms and all that, he can run really fast. Yeah. Guys unstoppable. However they filmed that, I mean, it's it so was... scary. Because I would think, like, if they filmed that today, I think it would look weird. Because they would try to make him look, like, really fast. No, but they make him look like he's running normal, but he's just not... Yeah. The car's not getting that far away They're, they're probably just driving the car slow, probably. and then he's just running really fast, but then, like... I can run. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Robert Patrick in a movie, make him run. Yeah. Even now he's older now, but he'll still run if you ask. So he's close (laughs) to to getting John Connor and then they blow him away. Yeah. They're good for a while. We don't see Robert Patrick for a good long while. Actually, Is is this when we don't see him for like 
an hour? It feels like an hour. It feels okay. like when he shows up, it's almost like, oh, yeah, I'm watching Terminator 2. Almost. <laughs> yeah. So they go south. And this is when Linda is telling, I need to start calling her Sarah. When Sarah starts calling John, telling John, like, you shouldn't have come. Yes. Like. I can take care of myself. Yeah. And, and w- one thing that I think it, it has aged well, but it's been done so much that I had to kind of remind myself that this, this is still like probably a little bit of a newer concept then is that the whole movie, John Connor and the Terminator are, he's kind of teaching the Terminator how to have humanity and emotions. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's done so much now. That's like mm-hmm. an obvious, like we're making a robot. There's going to be a human emotion element. I don't think that that was necessarily like a given as far as uh, movies at the time. Well, so it was not a given. That, that like, if you have a robot, you're going to deal with humanity. Oh, okay. Like, like them having emotions and stuff like that. And, okay. and so, like, in this scene, you know, Arnold says, why are you, what's that coming out of your face? I did not like that. Because um, it made no, it, it, the guy's driving. Yeah. I don't know. It's, that one, that to me, because the humanity stuff, like you said, I agree with you. I think it makes sense that, it it's only natural that as the story goes on, like that kind of is a interesting subplot of the whole thing. Yeah. But I just don't think that it was the right moment for all of that. It just did not make sense to me where he's just yeah. out of the blue, his mom, Sarah and John are arguing and kind of out of the blue Terminator's just like, why are you crying? Or no, no, no. What is wrong with your eyes? Yeah. And well, it's like, I don't know. Why is he curious all of a sudden? It almost Look at make... this dog with a tutu on it outside. <laughs> you get, you got to look at this. <laughs> I think they're trick-or-treating right now. The dog has a tutu, and then this woman and... I think they're like cats? What are they? Cats and a tiger walking by with their tutu dog? I forgot to tell you that when I was driving home, there was this kid. Have you seen the the poster of the movie trick or treat no well it's like this it looks like a scarecrow with like the burlap hat or burlap mask uh-huh. and this i'm just driving and i see this like little kid but it's a little person just like <laughs> on, on, on the sidewalk and I, if the person didn't move i would think it was a decoration holding a sign and it said trick or treat <laughs> what i don't know it was so confusing and that is so that's weird it. that's it <laughs> um I so was, well okay no you go ahead i'm sorry i think i was saying oh i almost think that it would have I, I just like so he's a robot and he's come here reprogrammed to protect the kids yeah period yes and at one point he like john does ask like can you learn new things basically he says you have to reprogram me to do that uh-huh. pretty much i think after that he needs to be curious about him crying it doesn't make sense that he's curious at this point before being reprogrammed That's true. to be more yeah. curious. I know yeah. that a lot, you know, this movie is so iconic. So I feel like if we have any complaints, they're going to come off as an incredibly nitpicky. Right. So hopefully this is not just the most annoying episode to people. And it's also though I'm watching this movie, having seen so many other movies with, robot cyborg things at this point. Well, and, and that's the, that's the point uh, that I was trying to make is that like, I, I think a lot of the humanity sides of the, of the cyborg that they're trying to, that Cameron is trying to play upon. I think now it kind of is like, comes off as cheesy. Yeah. Whereas I think then it might've been a little bit more impactful because you haven't seen 30 years of people doing that. Especially when this was the bad guy in the first movie. Yeah. 
And, and you know, like the scene where he teaches him to high five and thumbs up, it's like, that's actually a really sweet scene. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, I don't like Edward Furlong's performance so much that I'm kind of giggling a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, I know what that scene is and I do appreciate it. And the payoff at the end is so impactful. Yeah. And and if anyone has any question, I think this movie rules. It's a good movie. I like this movie a lot. Um, I, I think some of it just is like, I do think this movie is so iconic and people have redone elements of it so much and this, I didn't grow up with this movie, so it's like I've seen the the movies that have maybe, I I struggle to say this word, but maybe perfected some of the things mm-hmm. that were brought up in this, or mm-hmm. done in a way that maybe I connect to a little more. So, I look back on this, you know, and it's a weird, it's kind of a weird judgment call sort of thing. It's kind of a weird yeah. judgment day. Oh, I think it is interesting, too, though, because you have to think, like, in the first movie, none of this kind of stuff was in it. Not to say that you have to make the same thing. Yeah. Not advocating for that. But it is interesting that a child is the one teaching him these things. Yeah. I like that. And I kind of goes along. I think that's part of the reason why they put that in the movie, because it's a, a young child. Well, a teenager, whatever, like showing someone like you have to be normal. This is what it is to be normal. But a kid is telling you that. Yeah. A kid who hasn't experienced so much yet and hasn't been hardened yet. Like Sarah, who is like pretty tough. Yeah. I guess. Well, and I just I just think that that Sarah like all things Sarah in this movie I think are like basically perfect. Like could yeah, not I, be improved upon. Yeah. Um yeah. Except for like cutting out the scenes that we didn't like that weren't in the theatrical. Yeah. You know. So also in the scene, she's asking Terminator to tell her everything about the company that created him. Like Cyberdyne, yes. All of it. Tell me yeah. everything. Um, and then we cut because <laughs> we don't want to know all of that. Right. But um they drive south to Mexico, I'm assuming. I think so, yeah. Um, and they that's moments of humanity a little bit. They do reprogram him. So now he's more curious, I guess. Like he's, he's able to learn things now. Yeah. Um, better than his last program. Doesn't, I, there's <laughs> another funny thing about it. So they took out his chip, his chip to reprogram him. And then uh-huh. it's like, so then what do you do? You right. just put it back in his brain, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're, they meet up with old friends on this property where you find out all of her weapons are. Yeah. Very cool. Like very intense weapons. The bunker is cool. Yes. And so this is, this scene felt like an eternity to me. It was too long. I, I, there, there had to be extra scenes in this. There had to be. I did not appreciate the scene when, um, Terminator is trying to get the back, like fix the car so they can drive it. Uh, And, um, John's underneath with him talking about like, mom's really, you know, mom's a very complicated person because she's gone through all this stuff. I probably would be pretty crazy too. And I was like, I <laughs> that didn't, had to be, cu- that no one needed there's to no tell way me that, that was in the theatrical, but right? I hope this was also cut from the movie when she's sitting at the table, like watching, uh, Terminator and her son interact and she's like he's more like a son to my father than a father than, like my son's never gonna have a father I and think Terminator's that's the, the closest I thought I was like why can't I just figure that out as a viewer yeah you don't need to tell me that that man is representing his father now I know it that. was funny though because before that I was viewing him as more of a friend and sure. I didn't and then when she said father I was like oh duh you idiot father just because he's protecting him yeah you know of course but yeah 
that it didn't need to be said no and it was pretty long too just about like i'm a bad mother yeah i i like drove him crazy i did i wasn't able to protect him all this stuff and it's like i don't know i don't this doesn't need to be told show me this which you've already showed me so just don't put it in the movie well and and then what's what's cool though after all that is um well sorry i'm sorry you're done with that part okay um is when she uh she has the apocalyptic nuclear vision. Yeah. All also of those have effects an issue with that. are crazy. I like the vision. Yeah. The f- effects were incredible. All that stuff was great. I was, as I was watching the movie, I was just trying to like explain it in my head why this would happen to her. Because like previous, let's go to the first movie again. Okay. Normal person who is thrust into all of the stuff about the future. Yeah. That she is now forced to know. Mm-hmm. And then she has she um gets pregnant by a man from the future and kills Terminator. Yeah. That is all she knows about the future. No, she he tells her about the nuclear holocaust. He does, but that's but that's like uh as as far as we know, one night in in an underpass. He tells her about yeah. stuff. So then she has a kid and she's telling her son all the stuff that kyle had told her yeah i just like don't get why she would have visions of these things now unless oh i think you're crazy right now okay (laughs) unless like she is just kind of going crazy with it like she's becoming obsessed with it i don't know i so okay okay (laughs) no that's really interesting that you said that i'm and i'm in no way trying to belittle your opinion i just that's like wild to me that that's how (laughs) how you view it um because think about like our current political climate. Not we're Are not going to get visions? into it, but think about how we're we're recording this before election day. I am dreading Tuesday. I am yeah. like kind of scared about it and stuff like that. And this is something that most likely will not result in the death of three billion people. But if you knew the date, I think August 29th, nineteen ninety seven, the world was going to go into a nuclear war. Yeah. And three billion people were going to be killed, and you knew it, and no one else believed you. I think you would be plagued by visions. Yeah, every night. Well, plus too, I mean, she's so she's so consumed by it that like what we do see in those visions is what she is imagining. It's yeah, not, we're not, and I know that we're not seeing what is going. Yeah, to we're not seeing happening. the actual judgment. Day. We're seeing her imagining it. Right. So. I I think it's like kind of the linchpin to the movie for me. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it's, and I, it's, I'm trying not to be like comparing it to the last movie the whole time. I'm really trying not to. That's what we do. I I know, but I don't, because I don't want to, I'm not one of those people that it has to be the same. No. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that though. But like the, the last, this movie just, some of that stuff feels very artistic compared to the last movie. Yeah. And I think it's just a little conf- tr- jarring yeah. to me compared I, to the last movie. Yeah. This scene works for me 100%. <laughs> okay. Well, no, it does make sense that she like has this vision and yeah. it um, pushes her to drive to that to Dyson's house well, and, and assassinate him. Imag- so, so just for sake of argument, imagine that that scene doesn't happen and she just talks about it and then she attempts to murder this guy no no, no i agree i agree it needs to be you're not gonna be on her talking side. through it makes me like yeah, it more of course but, um of course i convinced you hmm. so we, we learned before <laughs> that that the guy who basically starts all of the s that's gonna go down 
is alive right now and working <laughs> yeah. on it right now. And she's like, okay, I'm going to drive to his house and kill him. Like, right. I'm going to go kill, go back in time and kill Hitler's mom. Like, the whole well, yeah, that's idea. The, it's so cool because in the in the first movie, you know, we're dealing with a bunch of time paradoxes and stuff uh-huh. like that. And what would you do if this happened? And then this one's like, what if you knew the future and you could prevent it? Would you totally. prevent it? So she goes like, and she tries. I always, it's so fascinating though. So she goes and she's shooting up his house. Gets him, gets him in the shoulder. I did not remember this. And I was like, oh, surely she's going to see the kid walk in and she's not going to shoot. And then like Terminator will show up. She just starts firing away. And I'm like, what? Because I, I couldn't remember crazy. this scene at all. I had never seen this part of the movie. <laughs> I, so I didn't know that this whole thing was in the movie. Yeah. But um, yeah, so this ha- she's shooting up the place. She does shoot him in the shoulder, not a fatal wound. And then she can't do it. Well, Terminator and her son do show up, but she also can't do it. Yeah. So I think that's always so interesting when you are given the moment yeah. to finally do that thing. Can you kill a person? Yeah. And that's why everyone needs to read 112263 because it's about the Kennedy assassination and it's yes. a time travel story. Great book. That and also tackles ideas like that. Yeah. And, and the audio book is amazing highly recommend it's like over 30 hours but it's worth it you will be binge listening to it yeah that's a good one and and there's a whole like few hours that take place in dairy maine in between the two segments Mm -hmm. of it where it is regrouping in between the 27 years yeah it's pretty cool um so yeah all of that stuff is like really cool and then they basically I, i i like how quick he believes because he's familiar with the software he's creating. And then he knows, he basically knows the potential if it works. Yeah. And then John Connor's like, show him. (laughs) And just again, I I don't want to bash on Edward Furlong. You're welcome on the podcast anytime. Um, but you know, I'm just not a fan of this performance. I don't think it's a good performance. Um, but, uh, he like what's cool characteristically though, is like at this point on, he's like a leader. Yes. And it is cool. I just don't like it doesn't quite connect with me because of like how many lines he has and yeah. just yeah. the acting in general. But, you know, he is like, just show him Terminator. And so Terminator like cuts off like the skin around his arm and shows the arm and they have the arm from the first Terminator. Mm-hmm. And um, and I like too. So Sarah's response was to go kill the man who was going to create all these things. Yeah. And then their response was, let's go find the man and explain to him what's going to happen and prove it to him. Yeah. We don't need to kill anybody. We just need to explain it. And he does believe in it. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. And then they go to Cyberdyne Mm -hmm. and they're like rigging stuff up. And then the police get called and everything goes bat S. Yeah. And, um, there's some insane stuff in here, like Arnold shooting up the police uh-huh. cars and stuff like but that. But not killing anyone because John told him not to kill anyone. Yeah. But a lot of people have lost their kneecaps in this movie, I will say. Which, one of the greatest bits in this movie is he says, don't kill anybody. So they show up to the hospital and uh-huh. the officer's he like... immediately shoots both of his knees out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that guy's not going to walk anymore. <laughs> it's a great... It, that is a great joke, yeah. though. Um, but, you know, he's like... There, there was this great behind the scenes where where Arnold really does like shoot that gun at yeah. all those cars and just like shoot them like crazy. And then Cameron yells cut down at the bottom and he's like, tell me that didn't feel amazing, Arnold. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Or, or something to the effect of like, tell me that felt bad or, yeah. or you know, because he's just like, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so 
you know, they're rigging it up. The police come in. They shoot Miles. Yeah, um, Dyson. Miles, or yeah, My- Miles is his first. Name. Oh, okay. Um, they just ne- they always refer to him as Dyson. Yes, they shoot him, and here's this would be. I'm not saying this is a fix on the movie. I'm saying this is maybe like an alternate version. Don't kill him because I don't think he needed to be killed. I agree, and I think I like what did that guy do? He was righting all the wrongs. Yeah, and I think there could have been maybe a more. Like, I don't mind that he died, but yeah. I think maybe there could have been a more impactful scene where, like, at the end, you know, he goes home or something and he sees, like, one more piece of the tech or something like that and he destroys it, like, mm. without anyone else around. Yeah. Or even a scene where, because in the movie they said, like, he's not hanging out with his family, he's obsessed with his work, where he, like, takes his kids to the park or yep, something. I agree with that. Because I, when he, you, when he got shot and it's like, okay, this guy's dying and then he explodes, like, I think so they established pretty firmly that, that he is a child and a loving wife. And off, sometimes, you know, it just didn't feel like a movie where he would die because no. of those things. So it, it did feel like, it felt like one of those things where once you're done with the character, once the character has used up all of their worth, they just kill him. It felt like one of those things. Yeah, and I, I think they, they could have been maybe worthwhile more. And it's like she, the whole, like her, Sarah went to go kill him and then they prevented him from dying. Yeah. So why don't we just prevent him from dying in the whole movie? Right. But, but you know, it's, it's, and, and then, you know, T-1000 shows up and starts chasing them. They, they really blew up that building, by the way. What building was that? The Cyberdyne building? Yeah. But like, did they build it? Was it an abandoned building? How and why? I don't know. But that's a real explosion. That is not a miniature don't understand those things now remember this movie was 3.5 times bigger budget than any other movie at the time Mm -hmm. this was probably like a like a nowadays like you know 250 to like 300 million dollar budget movie um so crazy then there another chase ensues it's insane robert patrick breaks into a helicopter and like goops in through the windshield and tells a guy get out and the guy just immediately jumps out the guy was not joking (laughs) he flies it under an overpass and as far as i know that was a real helicopter that's what sean muir told me yeah um this that from this moment on it felt like they couldn't end the movie yeah i I feel because the the chase scene was pretty dang long Uh and then he catches up to them at the steel factory but, but but before can we just say that that when the when the semi crashes that scene like the stunts in that blew insane. my mind insane what arnold or his what his, his stunt, stunt man double, did yeah. yeah but yeah he like jumps from the car onto the semi and then the semi flips and you know they're just dragging it uh-huh. but still it's on its side and he's like on the side of it like uh-huh. moving around so cool and then the liquid nitrogen breaks open yes and it freezes the t-1000 yep and he shatters and how did they do that in 1991 i, d- I don't it looked I as mean, good as if it came it out like, today oh this is happening right now yeah that effect was incredible i mean people talk about the liquid reflective yeah. material Let's talk about the frozen stuff but the ice was crazy yeah awesome but because we're at a steel factory and they're melting it and he's working on it and processing it uh parts of him are liquefied and he is reborn or he he comes back yeah but because it's such a hot place he is constantly like kind of melding to things right um 
Yeah, I. This is like the most interesting. I, I love the set. Okay, I'll just talk about the set for a second. Yeah. Because in the last movie, she defeated Terminator at like a high tech factory, high tech kind of factory thing. This movie, they defeat him at like an old steel mill. Oh, which is really cool. That's Defeating the new thing. To me, I was thinking of it. They had like home home field advantage. Yeah. In, in a yeah. funny way, because they defeated the new thing with old with old stuff. that's cool i like that a lot really love the the whole set was very cool but the at this point in the movie you just you know it's gonna be like 20 more minutes once we get here because you look at the set and you're like this is too cool not to be 20 minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah but i'm done with the movie it needs yeah. to be over by now yeah and i also know i remember him terminator descending into the melted steel so i'm like that has to happen at some point yeah, so when Patrick, like, beats him up yeah. and he's, like, dead, it's like, well, that's not how he dies. I remember that. Right. So I feel like the, the freeway chase scene shouldn't have been too long. Yeah. I know they probably got a helicopter and it's like they couldn't resist, <laughs> obviously, and that's totally fine. Yeah. But then it's also, like, maybe the stuff at the Cyber 9 shouldn't have been as long either. Yeah. Because I do think that the best part is this last scene. Yeah. This is your favorite of the whole movie? In terms of like the set, yeah, um, not necessarily the action. Okay, you know, but um, it, it's like a really just cool part of the movie. I think this it is, is. I do think this is the end. Yes, I, I do think. Um, and by the way, that look was not frustration. Okay. I was just resetting. Um, it is cool though. One thing I think he does in both movies really well um, is like let's take John Wick for example. The movie is so insane. And then you get to the end and he like fights like an old dude in the rain with fists. And it's like, well, it's frankly, it's which movie you're talking John first... Wick one. Okay. It's like sort of lame. The fist fight. I don't, I'm blanking on the uh, scene. That's because it's not very memorable. And oh. even, even the director's like, we've done so much. What are we, how do we raise the stakes at the end? And it's like, make it rainy. And then they fist fight. Oh, no, I remember now. I yeah. Guess. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad fight, yeah. but it's just like, we've seen such cooler stuff yeah. and this does not top it by any means. Yeah. Um, love John Wick, but you know, and then in this movie, it's, it's cool because he is saving the best for last, you know, cause a lot of movies, when you get to the end, you're kind of like, I already saw like way cooler mm -hmm. stuff. And then you're like, Oh, what a lame, like final fight with the main bad guy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought that this was a cool in both of these movies. It's really cool. Cause you're like, I really like the steel mill scene mm -hmm. or the, the factory scene on both of those are really cool. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. They fight, they fight, they fight, they fight. Eventually he gets pushed into the, to the liquid metal and he's like morphing as he dies and he's screaming like an animal, which was an interesting choice. I imagined it as, uh, just like a chemical reaction. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Um, and then eventually they're like, there's one more piece of tech we have to destroy. And it's me, the Terminator. And Terminator turns to John, and and it pays off the entire movie. Even if even if you're like, with all the the little minutia we jumped into, it's like whoa. He goes, he goes. I know now why you cry. I just could never do it, or or I could yeah. never do it, or whatever. And then they lower him. Well, in. I like how he says too that I can't self terminate. <laughs> yeah. He also said hasta la vista, which is insane. That in two of this the same movies from the same series he has like his most iconic lines ever uh-huh and totally. they it's like you know arnold from i'll be back and hasta la visa is like his number two like catchphrase yeah everyone knows that yeah. everybody um it's just insane 
I feel like there, there's just something about Cameron, at least in this period of time, where he was able to be like, oh yeah, that's going to be iconic. Like he was able to confidently go, yeah, we're going to do that. And yeah, everyone they will draw get attention it. to those things 100%. Absolutely. And it's like, you knew enough, like you knew that that was, it feels like he knew. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, when he's descending into the steel, he does the thumbs up, which I think if this movie came out today, that might be like so laughable, but it's not. No, it's it's really a beautiful moment. I love it. It's so good. Because earlier John Connor sh- teaches him them all of those tiny up. little human things. Yeah. Um, I like I'm what get, makes I'm a human a human. I'm getting a little bit of a chill. It's, it's good. Nice. So then Sarah and John get away. Mm-hmm. And um, then I think they go to like a park or something. Doesn't it show a park at the end? Like like every like the world is fine. I am genuinely blanking on I, that. I'm part of the I'm probably wrong. But I think it ends with voiceover again from her. Yeah. And and what's cool, so watching this, I've not seen any of the other movies. It feels like there's absolutely no more story. It's I a complete close like loop. I don't understand how they made other movies. Cause yeah. they got rid of the Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne, yeah. Cyberdyne. Skynet too. Yeah. They got rid of the things that are going to be responsible for what's to come. Yeah. So why did we have more movies? And it's like, I can't wait to see what excuses they come up with to rewrite all of this. Right. Well, and I, I will say one thing I'm actually excited about after rewatching this movie is, so we have Terminator 3, which is like canon, and then like Terminator Salvation. Well, okay, I'm not going to talk about that stuff. But Dark Fate was a sequel to the movie we just watched, and it disregarded everything else. So... um. Hey. I'm interested because they got Linda Hamilton back. You said Edward Furlong, Furlong, yeah. Fur, Furlong was in it. Um, and so it's like, that is interesting and it's called Dark Fate. So maybe the choices they made in Judgment Day made created worse. like a dark timeline or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, James Cameron watched Community and he was like, oh my gosh, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, even though I thought the movie looked bad and I was never interested in it uh, when it came out last year, now I'm a little like, that's going to be interesting. And even if we don't like the other movies, I feel like it'll be such a different jump on the material since the other movies it's disregarding. Mm-hmm. It'll be totally interesting. Yeah. So what is this next one? When did it come out? The next one comes out in 2003. Okay. What's it called? And it is called T3 Rise of the Machines. And uh, wow, we're going to be talking about film rights a lot. So strap in for that, folks. But... My final word on this movie is I think that this movie does what a lot of sequels do, which is it goes bigger and it goes more bombastic and it is the rare movie that pulls it off. I think this mm-hmm. this movie, like a lot of famous movies, has so many people that look up to it that make bad imitations of it and that's why people say sequels are never better than the originals because they're like, they always try and go bigger and worse and mm-hmm. whatever. But this movie, it goes bigger, and I think it does earn that stuff. It is a pretty, it's actually a pretty insane tone shift, because the first movie's like horror, hard sci-fi. This movie's an action movie, a sci-fi action movie, not really horror-based. Um, I mean, the other one's not too horror, but it has those elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie rules. I like it a lot. I like the first movie much more, though. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Your final word? Uh, I think you kind of put it all how I would say it. Really? Yeah. 
the, yeah love the first movie so much more i think because it's more streamlined it does make sense in a second movie that it would be more convoluted because mm-hmm. of everything that's been learned from the first movie so they had like two storylines in one the the dyson storyline and then the t1000 yeah both interesting things i think it uh convoluted the story a little too much yeah and i i think that this movie as far as the just straight story i think the straight story is awesome yeah i I think it's good another alternate movie that could have been interesting is dyson lives and john connor dies at the end of the movie because we don't he we don't need him technically we don't like, need him to be that well he could have maybe killed the t-1000 which meant he would have saved humanity yeah. even as a child yeah. rather than having to become <gasps> i like that and then we get no more movies yeah that would just be an interesting like uh like alternate universe that would that would be like my pitch if i was in the the writer's room or something like that you know yeah because that would be kind of interesting um Next <laughs> next week, we are covering Terminator 3, and on Patreon this week, we are releasing T2 3D um, Battle Across Time. <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> yes. So this month, we have two patron episodes, and one, we had an interview. You're welcome. That, that rules, and it's cool. Monsters University. It's only $3 a month. www.patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. Sign up. Or else. Bye.